Thank you. So I'm now going to talk about ethnicity and class um, as two aspects of social differences or um, inequality. Uh, similar dy dynamics, you know, you might say exist for gender or sexuality, but these are the two that I'm going to um, focus on. So looking at two questions in particular, so how significant are class and ethnicity uh, in shaping Christian students' university experiences? Um, and second, does Christianity help students reinforce um, or challenge social divisions and inequality? Now, if we take class first, well... Um, our survey revealed little evidence of um, class background, and, and, and we gauged that by looking at students' um, schooling, at, at, at parents' education, uh, at parents' employment as well. Um, I would say there's little evidence of class background shaping quantifiable aspects of religiosity. So it's not that nothing's going on, but that it's kind of hard to um, say anything concrete and quantitative. So um, one thing we did find um, was that children of highly educated parents seem somewhat um, more, of, more likely to have become either more or less religious at university than children of parents with a lower educational um, background who were more likely to be stable. However, there are other explanations, um, as Erin um, was uh, alluding to earlier. So, for instance, students... Who, um, who have highly educated parents are more likely to have moved away to attend university rather than attending a local um, university. So their circumstances have changed more. So, you know, they will have had to leave their parents' church if they went to one, find a new one. So therefore there's more change in their religiosity because they're not living at home anymore. Whereas students from working class backgrounds are more likely to be living at home. So that's um, something we need to, to bear in mind. So class um, on the whole is not um, very significant in determining Christians' religious involvement. But what we did see in interview data was that it did um, at times um, figure. So students generally didn't refer to themselves as having a particular class identity. Now, we didn't ask a question about, you know, what class do you identify? So I, I just picked this up based on, you know, the general context and sorts of things that they, they talked about. But they did make some comments that related to um, social class. So one university in particular, Durham, um, attracted quite um, a lot of these sorts of, of comments. So this is an interview that we conducted with a student's union officer who talks about your classic Durham student being uh, 18 to 21, white, middle class, probably, I don't know about their religious beliefs, probably um, nominally question, Christian, and then they, um, they, they continue. Um, and subtle differences were at play within um, the middle class and Christian constituencies at uh, Durham. So uh, students refer to certain churches as being for people from different social class backgrounds. So um, we have one church identified as being um, upper um, middle class. Uh, it was connected to conservative evangelical uh, summer camps uh, run by um, some uh, by, by an organisation um, or a camp called Ewan, um, by, run by some conservative evangelical um, 
uh, networks go back to the what we call the bash camps. But anyway, they're frequented by um, independent school pupils and are, and are quite active within the Durham student community. So um, this student referred to them as being very tight-knit communities. So you know, if you become a Christian through that sort of summer camp network, then they will support you. They will keep in contact with you. They'll have someone who checks up to see if you're all right. They'll have reunions, etc. And they tend to go to a particular upper middle class um, church. Now, um, other churches were also described in class terms. So uh, this was Leah's description of a church from a um, charismatic revivalist um, network. So the uber cool Christians, <laughs> middle to upper class, people who took gap years. Um, two other churches were seen as family churches, which interesting that the word family seems to be kind of a euphemism for sort of lower middle class. Um, uh, and the pastor of one um, acknowledged, you know, we need to, we tend to get kids from comprehensive and middle middle class rather than more affluent students. So class, I would say, is both insignificant and significant. So the sociologist um, Ulrich Beck talks about class as being a kind of zombie category. So it's kind of there. Um, so it's kind of a d dead but still alive. It sort of simultaneously does um, both things that, you know, we might say university student occupies a, um, a, a, the university students occupy kind of similar positions in the class spectrum, you know, they're all, they've all reached the same attainment, they're all studying for, for a, a degree, and yet um, class does unconsciously structure students' interactions at university, it affects what kind of people they hang around with, it affects what sort of churches um, they go to, what, what um, social networks they feel happiest in. Now, if we look at ethnicity, ethnicity was more significant than gender or class. Um, in that there are more um, exaggerated differences if you compare white students um, with ethnic minority students. Now, um, if you look at um, sort of straight difference between, and this is collapsing ethnicity categories into two, so sort of grouping them. Um, if you look at church attendance before university, you will see that uh, minority ethnic students were more likely to have attended church before university than white students. Um, if you look at rates of religious change during university, again, you can see that ethnic minority students were more likely to become more religious um, and also more likely to become less religious. So there was less um, stability than um, there was for um, white students. If we look at um, personal religious practices, if we look at um, uh, prayer, if we look at um, Bible reading, they were also, I've got figures for this, I've got figures for this, but they were also um, more um, prevalent. Prayer and Bible reading were more prevalent amongst um, black and ethnic minority students. So, um, and then when we look at activities, Christian activities, um, that were student or church-based during university again, we find 40% ethnic minority students were involved in those, only 23% of white students. The university chaplaincy is also more significant for um, ethnic minority students. So something you know is going on there. There are clear um, differences there. Can I ask a quick question? Is this 40% of those who, define, who identify as Christian? Um, yeah, this is Christian students. Yes, sorry, all, the, all of these figures from sort of quite from 
a few slides ago were just for Christian students. Yeah. So this is just Christian students. So what about Sorry, the other religious groups then? The other religious groups? We don't have we we don't have figures for these because we because the other religious students we ask them a smaller number of questions and then once students ticked what they what their religion was we then um, directed the students who were Christian to a further section of the survey and the other students didn't get that further section because that section of the survey was specifically about Christian practices so do you pray how often do you pray so these stats here. Um, are for the Christian students. Sorry, can I just check? Presumably the ethnic minority grouped category would include international students. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and international students are yeah, very interesting and much more religious. So that's part of what that is. Um, although, you know, obviously international students also will include, for instance, American students, including Australian students. So, um, but that's part of what is what's going on there. Yes, thank you for, for raising that point. So, um, one issue that we have within churches in um, England is racial segregation. So, um, when um, African and Caribbean migrants came to Britain um, from the 1950s, um, often the sort of welcome that they, um, or lack of welcome that they <laughs> experienced from um, the majority churches led them to form their own um, congregations. And today, around half of black Christians attend um, black majority churches. So what we need to think about is, does that exist among students as well? So is there that segregation um, among students as well. Now in the USA, um, it, there is very clear segregation amongst um, students that relates to um, ethnicity. So um, some interesting work by Kim um, on second generation Korean evangelical students again shows this segregation that you know Korean students associate with each other, white students associate together. So there is this um, problematic um, segregation, you might um, you might argue. Another bit of research recently done by um, sociologist um, called Park um, shows that um, I quote: "Being Protestant or Jewish is negatively related to interracial friendship on campus." that um, Protestant and Jewish students tend to associate with other Protestant and Jewish students. So patterns of segregation that exist outside also are there within um, the university. And indeed, we did encounter this ourselves um, in this study. So uh, there were black majority Christian student groups. Um, one particular one um, that we encountered at Derby, but that exists in a number of universities, is a group called Radical Youth. Um, and they exist to, um, this is from their website, to provide support reflecting the multicultural diversity within um, the university and to support um, students um, from a range of ethnic groups within um, their faith. Uh, we also found um, that at the University of Kent, which was one of our case studies, um, that Catholic Anglican um, and Pentecostal chaplaincy groups had existed for a while, but recently there had been the growth of um, new um, Protestant groups with roots in Nigeria, um, which, which resulted in what the chaplain referred to it as being a kind of fracture in the Protestant um, student body, because there are lots of different sort of competing groups, sort of competing for, for members, and they didn't necessarily all work um, together. Now, um, 
you know, whether you see that as a negative thing or whether you see that as, you know, just simply increasing competition, increasing the religious market so students can choose where they go, um, whether you see that as a positive thing or a negative thing, you know, it, 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 you know, it depends um, on your uh, particular uh, perspective. Um, and is it, is it a result of racism? You know, is it a result of students feeling that they are not welcome in the main um, stream, say a Christian union group? Um, now, we didn't ask the students whether they attended black majority or white majority churches, so that wasn't a question in the survey. Um, but we did see some differences in church <coughs> attendance patterns by ethnicity. So um, we found that black African and Caribbean students were more likely to attend a Pentecostal church than white students. Um, and we found that white students were overrepresented in the Church of England. Um, there was some evidence of interaction between um, black and white Christians. So, for instance, in Catholic societies particularly, um, but often they appear not to interact. And this came out in some of the interviews. So this is a, a Derby student who said, um, well, I think it's probably because black students will come from a Pentecostal background and the white students will come from maybe Catholic and, and stuff like that. So I think even the ways of life differ. They will say, um, okay, we're okay to, they'll go raving. And maybe the black students will say, you can't go raving. It's like different altogether. Now, um, here, I think the importance of, sort of moral restraint as an identity marker um, for uh, Pentecostal students is important. But it is interesting that, um, you know, there is a sense for the students that, that, you know, the mainstream Christian groups like Christian unions will not show that moral restraint. Well, actually, in fact, Christian unions can be very conservative and, you know, you know, opposed to sort of drinking and opposed to having sex before marriage and those sorts of things. So there was, there was a, a lack of knowledge about that due to probably the lack of interaction with, um, with Christian union members. Now, there were also a few, a few um, people who talked about um, encounters that might be, you know, classed as either racist or sort of racially, uh, racially exclusionary at, at, at least. So um, if we have um, a look at, say, Nia's words. So Nia talked about um, going to the Christian Union um, and feeling really isolated um, within that. Um, and, and, and she said, I thought, well, this is supposed to be um, church, even though it's not called church, and we're supposed to be a big, happy family. And I, if I don't feel welcome, well, that's not really right. Now, of course, you know, why is it that she didn't feel welcome? It could be a whole range of factors, but she said that, you know, she felt... Um, she couldn't fit in. The fact that I was uh, basically the only black person there was really weird. And so it was like, this is even um, harder. There were other students who talked about not experiencing um, racism at university. So Alicia from um, University of Kent talked about how it was you know, a great international campus. Um, even if you're racist, you're going to have to hide um, your racism. You see people from different places, it's quite open-minded, um, it's all right actually. I mean, I, I do think that actually is, is sort of interesting because that, you know, it implies that, you know, sort of a sense that, you know, perhaps, it, perhaps it's not or you're surprised that actually it's sort of been, it's been okay. Um, Sorry, where was Nia from? Um, Nia, oh, Nia was from Derby. Um, yeah. But whether there's any differences whether we have enough to sort of say that this means that different universities are, are more exclusionary than the others, I'm not, I'm not sure that we do. 
Okay, then if we think about international students, so cultural differences did impact the experiences of inter international um, religious stu uh, Christian students. So um, here's a, an extract from a Leeds-based um, student who had, um, he was uh, African, he'd been in the UK for uh, six years and he had worked, he'd been working incredibly long hours doing night shifts in a warehouse to support himself um, and then during the day he would go and study so I don't know when he ever had time to um, to sleep but this you know created quite a sort of stressful situation for him having to send money home to um, to his family it left very little time for him to find a Christian community um, although on a Sunday he did attend a, a Pentecostal multicultural um, church in Leeds where he felt at at home um, but he said that since he'd been at university, his faith had become more internal and more um, in, intuitive. Um, and he said that he had been told not to talk about his faith. Um, and I won't read that um, quote, but I'll let you, I'll let you read that um, there. Now, you know, of course, the impact of, of that on, you know, someone saying you can't talk about your faith is, is really quite um, significant and, and had a big impact on him. Now, of course, cultural differences aren't just about religion. Religion is, is, is one aspect. And um, some research by Spiceforth and Gu um, in 2009 um, talks about the internationalization of universities and what impact that has had on um, students. So they've said, well, it's good because it's increased opportunities for interaction between people from different places. Um, but those possibilities are, are often unrealized because students associate with um, uh, people from their ethnic group, often because they are not sufficiently welcomed, included by um, home students. Religion can facilitate like, these transitions by joining, you know, welcoming Christian community, but it doesn't always um, work like that. So, what do we then make of this data? So, I think what we've seen is that ethnicity and class are both sources of. Um, identity, community, but they are also um, sources of exclusion um, and um, conflict. For instance, black students not feeling comfortable in white-dominated Christian unions because they feel excluded, international students being told they're not allowed to talk about their faith. Um, and, and theoretically, sort of how do we, we make sense of what's um, going on? I, I think that the concept of social capital is, is actually really, um, really helpful a, a way of, of doing this. Um, what is social capital? Well, um, here's a couple of definitions of it. So the resources individuals and collectives derive from their social networks. Um, it is a set of interactions and relationships based on trust and reciprocity that have the potential to be uh, transformative. For Putnam, who you know was one of the most famous theorists of this, he talks about it as being about connections between individuals, um, the norms of reciprocity and trustworthiness that arise. Uh, and he distinguishes between two forms of social capital, bonding social capital and bridging social capital. So um, bonding social capital um, succeeds by establishing close intra-group networks of friendship and support based on similarity. So it bonds people based on similarity versus the other form um, is bridging social capital. It looks outwards, it creates bridges to other kinds of people. It transcends homogeneity, produces intergroup relationships with people who are um, different, enabling actually greater benefits to, to come. 
So um, Putnam argues that bridging capital can generate broader identities, whereas bonding social capital boosts our narrower selves. So religion generates social capital, um, gives us a supportive social networks that help members, say, find um, employment, um, educate their children, provide social services. But social capital also has a dark side. Um, you know, as Tracy Reynolds from London South by <coughs> University has argued, bonding uh, within disadvantaged groups um, actually can reinforce disadvantage. Um, so social capital can, for instance, a crime, you know, people, um, socially excluded people help each other to break the law, for instance, that's a kind of clear ex it's an example where it sort of doesn't work well. Um, and close ties formed within um, social communities can be suffocating, can exclude people who feel that they don't fit certain social norms. So what we see in universities is that social capital is generated um, and reproduced. So when we look at students, Christian students, to what extent is bonding or bridging capital um, occurring? Well, I think we've seen that bonding capital happens between similarly positioned insiders, provides them with support, but marginalises those who are, are different. So I think bonding capital is quite strong. Um, but what about bridging capital? What, what evidence of that do we have? Now, um, one way of looking at this is to look at how socially and politically engaged Christian students are, um, and, and with whom. And we asked about them whether they'd done volunteer work. So again, this is just the data for Christian um, students compared to the students of no religion here. This is, where, this is one example of where comparing students with others is um, useful. The numbers of no religion are significant enough to, to quote um, here. So... Um, what we found from this, had they done voluntary work in the last 12 months, well, we found that more than half the Christians um, we uh, surveyed had um, done voluntary work, uh, that more Christians than, than those of no religion had volunteered, but the rates of political and charitable volunteering are actually similar. So the Christians were not more um, civically engaged, just more religiously engaged. So what the Christians were doing was often within their religious communities. Um, so Christian students volunteer more, yes, but the difference is that they volunteer within the Christian community. Now, um, this isn't to sort of dis diminish uh, Christian students volunteering, because some of those things they do that they class as being sort of within the um, Christian community do bridge outwards. So, you know, for instance, running a home homeless shelter with the church, working a food bank, something like that. That um, is bridging activities um, as, as well. And we found, you know, plenty of examples of um, that. University chaplaincies often provide some of these sorts of activities as well. So international students groups, uh, the University of Derby's multi-faith centre when we were doing the research was running an interfaith forum. So students, um, particularly Muslim students, Christian students, Hindu students would come together and talk about issues of, of faith. Um, and we found some very specific examples of that also. Um, at the University of Leeds, there was a very interesting interfaith stand-up comedy event um, called <laughs> Understand, <laughs> which I would have loved to go to, but we found out about it too late. 
Um, it, was, it was actually run by, I don't know whether anyone's heard of the Lakai Foundation, who was sort of interfaith yeah. organisation, really, really great organisation, and they had been working with a group of students at Leeds to, to put um, this on, and students really benefited from it, and they said it was really brilliant to meet students of other faiths and learn about, um, learn about other people's beliefs. Um, and there were individual students who were sort of doing this for themselves. So there was a student at Derby who um, was a bisexual student and talked about how it was really important for her to be involved both in the Christian groups and church, but also in um, the LGBT society. So she felt she was bridging this, this you know, perceived conflict between um, sexuality and um, religion. And, but this meant that she often felt like she was a bit the odd one out. Now... So to conclude on that then, I think that, you know, we've seen that these social differences do shape the Christian student experience. We've seen that student Christianity both reinforces and um, challenges social inequalities. Um, that we can see both bridging and bonding social capital. I would say, though, that there was probably more bonding social capital than there was bridging. And I think, you know, personally, I think this is a, a pity. I think that you know much more could be done to enhance um, bridging social capital. Um, but having said that, you know, you could say, well, the university is just a microcosm of what goes on in society. That that's what happens in society, and so the students are just bringing their perceptions of sort of school and home and family into um, the university. There have been studies of um, religious youth groups in America, and again, they find you know this that um, these inside-outsider dynamics that happen in society also come into the religious community um, as well. So the evidence uh, that religious youth groups bolster and even create divisions based on social and economic differences indicates that religious youth groups may serve to perpetuate aspects of broader socio-economic disadvantage, they um, conclude. So... Um, I think the potential is that you know we need to find ways of increasing bridging social capital um, at um, university as well. Universities talk about valuing diversity. They talk about you know wanting to create tailored spaces for for different religious students to interact. Um, but you know, is it just that the Christian students do their thing? in this building in one day, then the Muslim students do their thing in another day, and actually they don't interact. And certainly within the multi-faith centre at the University of Derby, I would say that is a bit of an issue. You know, Muslims use it for their prayer space, Christians sometimes use it for their groups, but it happens at a different time, they don't generally talk to each other. So there's lots of ways um, in which these things can be improved, and that's the book. You have got a flyer if anyone's interested in the book. Um, I would also be interested, just before I, I, I forget to say this, um, we are wanting to find ways that this research can make a difference to universities, to churches, to um, student organisations, and, and we are um, having a meeting in a few weeks about how to increase the impact from our studies. So if there are, there are things that you could think of in ways in which we could work, say, with your organisations, please do um, come and talk to me during the lunch break.